Welcome to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly. We're recording this like well before this episode's coming out because we finished it so quickly and like we just had to talk while our thoughts were fresh. And Liz. In mating, you want to go for the best mating partner. So like the peacock with the most feathers, that's the animal you want to go for. Your mom time off starts now. Welcome back to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. And today we have our book recap of Where the Crawdads Sing. And I'm so jazzed to have this conversation. Such a good book. I mean, I, I finished it in less than a week. It, Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, I, right from the beginning, I thought it was fantastic. I'm so excited to dive into this recap with you. Um, how should we do this? Do we want to give a, okay, well, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read it. We're going to be talking about all of it, I guess. And I, can I just say, like, I do feel like if you're not going to read the book, but you want to hear the podcast, but you want to watch the movie, don't listen to the podcast because I really feel like the best part of the book was the twists. Uh-huh. And like, I would hate for you, like, for you to feel robbed of that experience. So like, mm-hmm. even if you're not going to read it, don't listen the movie to comes out july 15th i know i'm excited so this will come out before the movie um we're so. just in the nick of time kind of I'm i know we did this, like before that i'm so excited that we read it when we did because now we don't have to wait like six months for the movie to come out it's literally coming out in two months i honestly don't think i've ever i i've never been a reader until this i also don't think i've ever read a book that then became a movie except for twilight really i don't i mean i just don't read well i would say like the ones that like I was really excited about re- redeeming love. That was a recent one for me. Yeah, well, you're more you were more of a reader, girly. Anyway, uh, should we get, should we do like a recap or should we just like answer our questions? No, let's like just do a little synopsis. Like, okay. Let me just let me try. Okay. Okay. And then you can fill in my gaps. Okay. Okay. So where the crawdads thing is about this girl named Kaya who basically like slowly gets abandoned by her low income family who live in the marshes of North Carolina. And she basically gets like fully abandoned with with the exception of her alcoholic father at around age six, basically learns how to fend for herself. Marge really becomes her family. Eventually, her father leaves, too. So then she's literally lives alone in this shack. And we just kind of like follow her journey of like surviving, making, you know, making a few friends along the way, falling in love a little bit. And then she really does kind of like get on her own feet. Find falls in love a little bit, thinks she has a future with this guy. That ends up not working out. And then next thing you know, she is on trial for the murder of said guy who she was previously with. Mm -hmm. And then you follow the murder trial. And then eventually she gets acquitted. Is that how you say it? Acquitted Uh of murder. She's found not guilty of the murder of Chase. And then she like goes on to live a happy life, like dies peacefully at the age of 62, watching the bald eagle, something like that. And then her husband or her partner um, ends up finding that she in fact did kill chase just such a twist it was like i know and like we're gonna dive into all the deets because i just like have so many thoughts i want to share yeah i totally agree i just thought it was so good i felt like i was like so on her side and i still really was on her side until the like there was even after we found out that she killed chase i was still like yeah Oh, really? Okay. I well, have... I do. Yeah, we can talk. So let's just kind of like maybe like go through the some of the parts of the book and kind of like get some of our reactions. So when we first find and first of all, the audiobook was fabulous. Like the narrator mm-hmm. was great. And I literally would find myself being like, come on, chillin, let's go inside. <laughs> like I literally would start talking like that because yeah. of how good the narrator was. So what's crazy. So Kaya is six years old. She's the youngest of five. 
I think she's quite a bit younger than the rest of her family, mm-hmm. kind of from what I gathered. And all of her siblings just start to leave the house and like, I guess, go out and do their own. Yeah, because their dad's like super abusive. And then it kind of like, I think kind of where we pick up is or kind of a part of it is like it's her dad, her brother, Jody, her and her mom. One day her mom just leaves like she sees her mom walking down the road, like all dolled up, leaves and then kind yeah, of slowly realizes yeah. that her mom's never coming back, which let's just kind of like talk about the mom abandoning. I literally hated this part of the story. Mm-hmm. And even after it was explained a little bit, I still hate this part of the story. And I just find it a little I, I honestly find it just a little unbelievable that like a mother. And what's crazy is like Kaya's mom loved her and Kaya had all these super happy memories of mm-hmm. her mom. So for her mom to just like pick up and leave one day and never come back was interesting. So eventually it comes out that like her mom ended up going to her parents' house. And when she got there, she was like a shell of a human just because like all of the abuse was too much. And like she didn't even like realize she didn't realize what she was doing, what she was doing or that she even had left her children's children. And I did sympathize with that part. But I just felt like you could you should have gone and back and got the children. Yeah. So then she comes to realization of what happened. And so she writes a letter to her husband and he writes back saying if you ever come back or try and contact the kids i will beat them to until they're not no longer recognizable to me at that point it's like get a police officer go get your children like i just don't know it it was the 60s so it's not like well and also like it's not like you couldn't have gotten custody of your kids at this time like no and like you she also wasn't on her own so she was living at her parents house so like her parents also could have been like, no, we got to go get these children. But then they're like, oh, her parents never supported the marriage. But to me, I'm like, I, I understood that she left and didn't realize she left. But like, then she's alive for the rest of her life. Like she literally died when Kaya was in her 20s. Mm-hmm. And she never came. She could have gone back. She could have gone back. Like Not that she knew, but like her dad left. Like the dad left and was probably dead. We never really know. We assume he died when she was like seven. So there was like from seven to 20, it was just Kaya. She could have come back at any moment and like the dad wouldn't have been there, would have been fine. She could have been with her daughter. So I'm not buying, I wasn't buying that. And like it, it upset me so much to the point where it was like, I almost just wish Kaya's mom like would have died of cancer. And like, then like that would not, I mean, I know it sounds bad, but like why could the mom just should have died when she was younger? Like I didn't get the abandonment. I didn't like the abandonment. And I thought it was a little, I thought it was unrealistic to be honest. Well, I think that the point of the abandonment for the story is just very much like we, we, we go through the story and we, we see that Kaya, she does, she never goes to school. She goes to school one day of her life and gets bullied. So she never goes back. So everything she learns about life is by watching nature. And so she sees mom, moms abandoning, um, their, children and animal and bugs and like all the things so i think like the author really tried to mimic things in nature as to things that were going on in kaya's life in order to justify them yeah and so i think like for the point of the story like it would have been one thing if her mom died but it's like she had to be abandoned abandoned no, abandoned but then I'm also abandoned like, like why didn't her mom just then like i wish her mom just would have sucked like i just hated which again maybe like i just don't understand i'm just pissed and maybe I'm a lot. I mean, maybe I'm just upset and like I just am holding on to those emotions for Kaya. But like it would have been easier pill to swallow if it was like, oh, her mom kind of sucked, too. And then she abandoned her. But like for her to be like her mom loved her and her mom protected her, her mom did all these things and she just left one day. I'm like, what? 
Yeah, I don't know. And then the same thing with Jody. So then her brother also is like, hey, Kaya, I got to get out of here. You'll understand one day. And then leaves her at six years old with the... T- I know. Someone take her with you. I'm not mad that they left, but take her with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're all just like not don't really have any no one really has it figured out and no one really knows what to yeah do. so i just had so. a lot of issues with like how she became abandoned and i think there would have been could have been other ways to get there i mean there. I, and i think that that was also the point i think it had to be difficult i think it had to not make sense like i think that it's all part of like okay. exactly what okay. made her who she was i know kelly i know it's not nice <laughs> I, just, I know it i know it wasn't the best way to be abandoned but it had to be traumatizing like that's I, it, it I, makes her it, who she was and you know what it was traumatizing just even it was traumatizing read. for you clearly <laughs> it was it was so sad okay yeah. so anyway so then she kind of like goes on to just kind of survive she like boils turnip greens to eat them her dad kind of stops drinking for a second. Like they have a few good moments. Like he takes her boating, takes her out to dinner. Teachers one. know how to fish. Yeah. So some things like that. But then he goes back to drinking and then it's just kind of downhill from there. He eventually ends up leaving, which is just like fabulous. That was like a good part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's like, OK, well, now we don't have any money because her dad was they were they had a little bit of social security that they got. So she decides that she's going to start trying to sell muscles. So she goes out and gathers muscles and then goes to this little this like little shop that has gas jumping in maples and they are just this like darling black couple which like in the 60s like which was a little um which like was i guess a part of the storyline where it's like you know a black couple hanging out with a white little girl like wasn't always seen as appropriate i guess back then which is just like still just crazy certainly so much racial discrimination still going on at that point right which was just especially i guess in north carolina right so but they like really take her under her wing, which is just like so beautiful. I mean, Mabel and Jumpin' are two of my favorite characters. Very sweet. And it was just crazy to see like the town knew that she was out there and abandoned. And like the teacher, the teachers knew, the school knew, and like no one cared except for Mabel and Jumpin'. And so like then mm-hmm. they would do so they bought her muscles. She had a little bit of money for food. They went to their church and got her clothes. Like they really kind of took her under her wing. Which was just like a beautiful relationship, and they they basically kind of turned into her parents. Still, she was she never moved in with them, so she was still very much isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of just like gave her that space because I think that's what she would have. I mean, she would have never gone and lived with them. Like I don't think that was yeah. ever a part of it. But they definitely supported her in any way that they could. And then, I guess, how old is she when she meets Tate? Um, maybe like twelve or something. So she meets Tate, who is another. I mean, she saw him like from afar and like she'd always like kind of known of him and he used to fish with jody yeah so then anyway they create sort of a relationship and it starts as a friendship um and he teaches her her how to read because she never went to school and that friendship over the years blooms into a um, romantic relationship and he's truly like her first her first love and um Anyway, he ends up going off to college and she's all bummed and he's like, don't worry, I'll come back for you. And um, he doesn't really actually ever come back. He does at one point go to see her. And I thought this was like a really interesting part of the story was when he goes back to see her and he sees her from afar. And so he's kind of like spying on her just to sort of like get her caught off guard and she's like doing something in the sand or something and then she like sees a person and she he describes it like she's a animal this is when he came back after he left her yeah that's what i'm saying okay yeah um yeah 
and he sees her he hadn't he hadn't seen her for a really long time like he went to college um he sees her and she reacts to seeing like this other person like an animal and like runs runs off and like hides and he like realizes in that moment that she could never be a part of his like um university lifestyle yeah it was weenie vibes it was such weenie vibes and it was so annoying and i just hate so like basically he was supposed to come back and like they were gonna fall in love and like i thought i thought they were like kind of it like i was i was shipping them and like i just hate parts of books when things could be solved by open and honest conversations Uh and the fact that like there wasn't an open honest conversation and he was such a weenie that he like didn't even own up and like i mean he was just a really really frustrating character to me i was so mad at him yeah um so what anyway then he like then you know it's years go by and then eventually which like eventually then i guess uh chase andrews who's like the star quarterback of the town like notices her like on the beach or something and like wants to get to know her and then like they start hanging out and dating a little bit i'm just like really like you nag these two like cute guys and like you're some like marsh girl Okay, I know it sounds bad, but it's like, were her legs even shaved? Like, I mean, like, was she like even like, no, like, did she even ha- like I'm just saying, okay, I'm just saying from a realistic standpoint, I'm like, really? I don't know. Okay. I don't know, Kel. I liked it. And I totally bought the chase and uh, sorry, I totally bought the Tate and her relationship because I felt like they had so many things in common, like with their love for the marsh. And like, I think that mm-hmm. I think I think at first he loved her kind of as like, a sister because they even say that in the book it's like they, they go from this like sibling relationship and then realize like there's more there so i bought that but like to me chase sounds like he basically just fell in love with her with like kind of how she looked and how like he kept saying how like wild she was and i'm like yeah, Is she that ew, wild? i hated that i didn't think she was that wild like she was lived in the wilderness but she wasn't like some crazy girl who would just like yeah like have sex with you whenever I you think wanted that like was just I didn't. like his description to like the guys in the town so Anyway, um, Chase and Kaya's relationship, he tells her that they're going to get married, that he's going to buy her this house, just like totally paints this picture of a perfect life together. And she's excited about it. Like she's finally could potentially have family. um, But I I don't think she ever loved him. I think they had absolutely nothing in common. I'm sorry. They had nothing in common. And I think she just liked not being alone. Yeah. But then like... (sighs) But then I'm like, I, whatever, you can keep going. So she goes into town one day to buy ingredients for a cake for Chase's birthday. And she buys a magazine while she's there. And in the magazine, it has a um, engagement announcement for Chase and another girl in the town. And she's just like absolutely heartbroken by it. Which was a crazy twist. Crazy twist. Kind of all saw it coming, though. Like well, you knew I, it was never. I knew it wasn't going to last, together. but the fact that he was straight up engaged, yeah, that was, was like a little crazy. So she's upset. She doesn't talk to him anymore. Fast forward, I don't know how long, but he like comes back to try and talk to her, and she's like, "Screw you, man. We're done. I'm never talking to you again. Like you're engaged." And he tries to mm, rape her, basically, yeah. and she fights him off she runs away she escapes and um fast forward uh again i don't know how long i think it was like like a a month no i think it was a month until he's found dead okay so then fast forward a month or so and chase andrews is found dead having fallen off a fire tower in the marsh um 
and all signs point to Kaya because it's covered like everything is covered up there's no fingerprints there's no footprints it's all covered up as if it would be a murder and this shell necklace that she gave him that he wore religiously is now missing so Kaya gets put on trial um the trial scenes were super interesting and she has like a rock solid alibi and a fantastic well, lawyer and um okay well hold on you have to back up because you're like recapping the rest of the book i had some things to say okay so i thought the engagement was crazy agreed mm-hmm. the and then yeah i think it was a month and then how about the fact that like through all of this kaya becomes a published author oh yeah kaya becomes a super <laughs> like, incredible published author which i loved that part no, of the i loved like a boss babe making her own money in the marsh mm-hmm. like i actually mm-hmm. thought it was mm-hmm. a really I loved that Kaya became so much more than just a survivalist. And like, I think it really just also played into like her respect for the marsh that she was literally like this expert. So she had all these collections. This was a part of the country that like wasn't really well researched. And like she had all of the research literally sitting in her house. So Tate Mm -hmm. comes back and kind of helps her kind of get this thing started and starts publishing books. And I thought it was so cool, which like I can't imagine how much money it was back then. But when she writes her book, what was her first book on birds? or shells i don't remember her, her first book of the marsh she her publisher gives her a five thousand dollar advance crazy which like she's living in a shack so i thought it was so cute how then she like hires a fix-it man and he like puts in these things yeah. like it was just really endearing and i just like love that she did it herself mm-hmm. and like you know it's just like it, it's not like your disney princess movie where it's like the big strong prince comes and saves her yeah, like no like she, she does it she did it herself she was a boss yeah so then, okay, sorry, I, just, I, want, I, want, I no, wanted to get that. I'm happy. So, I'm so happy that's why, that. so her alibi, which I thought was so interesting. So spoiler alert, she ends up killing him. So what's crazy is like all of this evidence against her, but also all of the evidence for her, like she had this planned out to a T, which was what one thing that I thought was interesting was throughout the book, we kept having flashbacks, present time, flashbacks, present time. So like the flashbacks were all about her going up in the marsh, her falling in love, but then it would flip to, the sheriff basically investigating this murder of Chase Andrews. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, like, those flashbacks stopped because I guess it caught up to present mm-hmm. time. So we never got to see, like, Kaya's perspective of what happened that night. Yeah, we so, don't know. Which I thought was fun because then, like, we, along as the readers, were like, oh, my gosh, like, who killed him? Like, the flashbacks yeah. are done. Like, for all we know, Kaya's in Greenville meeting her editor. Yeah. And then the trial was so well written. Like, I want to read another book with a trial mm-hmm. because I was, like, edge of my seat obsessed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I agree. It's like we never really we never actually get to see the um, her thought process behind killing him, really why she killed him, how she killed him, how she planned all this out. We don't get to see any of that. No. So it's really like kind of left up to your own interpretation, which honestly, like I'm not that mad at well, in a lot of ways. What One thing that I something I think happened well, I can't say this. So, like, did she leaves the scene where tri- where Chase tries to attack her, or when he does attack her? Oh yeah, and then and then yeah. she's worried that like he's going to come back, and she's like, when is he going to come back? How is he going to come back? So we don't know if he came back, like if he trashed her house, like mm-hmm. if something happened. 
so we don't know like what their next interactions were. She could have like lured them back and been like, you're right, I'll take you back. Meet me at the water tower here. Like, yeah, we, we don't, don't know, know what happened there. So I do kind of like that. And I don't feel like I needed to hear that really um, because I think the shock was, well, we, we, we can get into the end of the trial. But basically, I thought some of the most interesting parts of the trial were how her alibi was that she was in Greenville, but then the sheriff or I guess the not the defense, the prosecutor was like, well, there was buses that she could have gone back on. Mm -hmm. So like, why did she have to stay at the hotel closest to the bus stop when her publisher was staying somewhere else? Like she could have come back, done this. And then they were all like, that's ridiculous. Like you're. Yeah. But she like made sure she had an alibi. And like the girl never leaves the marsh. Yeah. And then she had an alibi Mm -hmm. the night that he died. It's incredible. It was very, very all well thought out. And I think it just goes to show like she is like super smart. Yeah, there was some things where I'm like, I do feel as though, yeah, I don't know. We, we don't know how she killed him. We don't know if she pushed him, if she just pulled the the gate thing. We don't, I, we don't no. know. And that's okay. I don't think we need to know. Yeah. So anyway, it ends up finding that they find her. And what was cool is like her lawyer was great. The prosecutor lawyer was great. So you really yeah. didn't know. Like, I felt like I was a juror. And I do feel like if I could like put my juror hat on, I do think I would have pronounced her not guilty as well. Yeah, I, I really do feel that way because I agree. There wasn't enough evidence to put the blame on her. And so she's released. Her and Tate um, end up getting married and live a life in the marsh together. And then she's like really sweet. They really like just tie everything up. She has a relationship with her brother and his family and they really have a family. Her and Tate never have kids. So it's just them in the marsh, which I think is great for her. And um she dies, like Kelly said, at 60 in a boat, like peacefully. And then Tate one day is like cleaning out their house and finds under the stack of logs like a like a secret hiding spot where she was um, had all these poems that she was the author. I didn't really get that. Yeah, that seemed unnecessary. It seemed unnecessary. Throughout the whole book, she's like, and then I'd go back to the Amanda poem, the Amanda Franklin poem. Yeah. The Amanda Franklin poem, poem and quote it. But like we find out she's Amanda Franklin. Yeah, I don't know. I don't and then know. how about Tate's like, I always thought the poem sucked, but Kyle liked up. And yeah, then like I don't Kyle know. was the Kaya was Amanda Franklin. Like, that was her pen name. Yeah, I that was know. That was unnecessary. That was weird to me, but whatever. And he finds the necklace that ta- or that Chase wore and also a poem that basically says that she killed him. And he throws it all and burns it all. And that will go down. No one will ever, ever know. So, yeah, that was crazy. Um, this was kind of, It's kind of a hard book to recap. I feel like maybe we should get into some questions. I feel so like- I want to just like talk about um why she killed him okay and my theory is oh wait let me say what i said to you and then i your theory did kind of convince me okay so my initial reaction was i i was really surprised that she killed him to me it felt like a little out of character for kaya i thought like she was just not a murderer and i mean i'm not saying that well first of all i mean attack whatever you you shouldn't murder somebody like no you shouldn't murder (laughs) hey cal hey cal Across the board, safe to say, shouldn't murder someone. <laughs> right. So I thought it was a little out of character. And I, I mean, I hate to use the term like, dr- I'm not gonna say dramatic, but like, I was just shocked. I was like, whoa, that seemed like a lot. But then I think Elizabeth's point was like, well, so I'll say good. my point. Please. So my point was she's learned everything she knows from the marsh. And it's so interesting because so when her mom abandons her, she ties to how um, some animal mothers will leave their young. And she sees um, when she gets a little bit older and she starts to learn about 
SEX and mating, she starts to notice the mating patterns of certain animals and bugs. And she notices that a lot of bugs will eat their partners and the female will eat the male. Yeah. Oftentimes. And um, she talks about how there are certain animals that will like naturally in mating, you want to go for the best mating partner. So like the biggest animal, the most like the peacock with the most feathers, like that's the animal you want to go for if you are a female peacock because you will have the best genes. And there are a lot of animals that are able to kind of like hack the system and make themselves appear like they are the best option when really they aren't. AKA like Chase a shiny speedboat. Chase a shiny speedboat. His stories of grandeur of I will build this life for you. It was all deception. And what does the female lightning bug do to the male lightning bug that deceives her? She backs his head off. Right. So... Kaya was just doing what she learned in I mean, that's nature. Who, literally, I think that was when you and also, you know, he tried to rape her. So she did the only thing that she knew how to do. And that was kill the male lightning bug. Mm-hmm. So from that point, I'm like, I see how she l- led herself to that decision. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I would agree. I thought it was a really interesting point. Mm hmm. And I don't think the author would have put in like these like scenes of the lightning bugs like switching their signals if it didn't mean something. Absolutely. Or like the praying mantis when she's like, hmm, she just eats them. She'd never let that happen to her. Thought it was interesting. Okay, should we do some questions? Yeah. So, okay. Contrast Kaya's relationships with Chase and Tate. What do each of them offer her and what does she represent to them? I think Tate actually offered her like a relationship and Tate offered her like she could be her total and complete self I think what was interesting about their relationship is I think she was only 14 and he was 19 like when when they first like had this relationship starting so he was like this is inappropriate like you're too young mm-hmm. um but they had so much in common whereas I think for Chase I was interesting is Chase did love her because like why mm-hmm. did he still wear the necklace I'm gonna be honest I don't know why he loved her and I don't know why she liked him I never felt like I had a good like understanding on what they gave to each other. I mean, I guess I thought Chase liked her for the SEX, but I'm not really. I don't know what she saw. I think she just didn't want to be alone. But then in the same sense, I think she like if she also didn't want to be alone, Kyle, then like you should have you could have gone and made friends like you could have gone back to school. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, because at some points I was like, no, she wants to be alone. But then at some points I was like, no, she doesn't want to be alone. So I don't I never totally got the chase of it all, but that's OK. So that's an interesting point about school. One of these questions is, how did you feel about Kaya's decision to not return to school? How different would her life have been if she had stayed in school? Well, I'm just like, Kaya, I think, is such a complex person because on some level, I think she doesn't care what other people think. But then obviously she really does. Mm -hmm. So I wish she would have stayed in school and I think that I thought when I when I first heard that she was going to school, I'm like, oh, she'll get bullied. But like, she'll stick this out because yeah. one, she's getting a free meal. And I think I thought she had because she obviously did have the, this desire to become educated because yeah. he ends up teaching her to read. So I was surprised that she didn't stay in school. And I would have liked her to give it a little bit more of a try. Because yeah, I don't really think she day, can- like being laughed at one time. I'm like, you're tougher than that, Kaya. Yeah, you were tougher than that. But also she was like six. So like, what can you are you really that tough at six? 
but I, I mean, are you if you're tough enough to live in a marsh by yourself? Like, I just would have yeah. never like you don't even know where your next meal is coming from, and like go to school. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too because like she was so afraid to be like taken into the foster care system and potentially like be adopted because she had heard stories that she'll be like it will be horrible and i'm like how could that be worse off than you currently are yeah i know it was so and it worked out like it obviously worked out but like i thought the book also really skipped a lot between like the ages of six to ten and then mm-hmm. the ages of ten to fourteen where it's like those were some seriously lonely pivotable pivotable no impressionable years mm-hmm. that i wish we would have seen a little bit more of and i think that didn't really again like if she it almost like if she would have got abandoned at 14 in the marsh like i think some of the some, some of the storyline would have made more sense but like you're literally saying she was six like it's yeah. just i just think some of it was unrealistic i'm not saying i didn't like it i guess i get it no, that it's just it a book but yeah um did the ending of the book offer the closure you wanted were you surprised or disappointed by the way the book ended um, I'd say the most part I'm pretty satisfied. I just didn't get why she had to die at 62. That seemed a little dramatic. What do you mean? Like, I just think like Tate could have died first and like then she could have like. No, maybe... but Tate had to find it. She took that oh, to her. Yeah, yeah, She yeah, took yeah, it yeah. to her grave. That's true. 62 just seemed a little young. Well, you know. For like being as, I'm sure she was like in great shape and like healthy and like didn't just like can't believe she just, her heart just stopped at 62. I don't know. You're like so mad at random parts of this book for literally no reason. (laughs) You're kind of right. Because I did really like it. I don't think that that question was asking, were you satisfied with her dying? No, it's like she should have been 65. That would have made more sense. It's like, did you like that we didn't, that you didn't find out until the very end that she killed Chase and that she had a great life after? And yes i thought it was a good twist (laughs) sorry i'm not i don't know i just had some feelings you're sassy no this is just so fresh like i literally just finished the book like yeah you're trying to internalize all your feelings yeah i guess okay so that's kind of the vibes of the book very good definitely liked it definitely would recommend a different book than what we typically read oh can i say one more thing i didn't like oh sure (laughs) only if you followed up with something that you do like i need to end on a positive here no fine i won't well I just did feel like I was kind of missing an SEX moment with Tate and Kaya. Like, we never got that closure. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And I just, like, would have liked to, I think, seen a little bit more of their love post-trial. I would agree. Because the author certainly is, like, not afraid to, like, go into those details. So oh I'm gosh. like, why didn't we? How about the weird scene with her in the ocean? Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, like, I kind of, like, zoned out on that part. I was, like... Like, am I in a fever dream right now? Like, she had this SEX scene with the ocean. It was a bizarre. That was a weird part. But overall, I thought it was a very well-written story. Like, I thought the... At first, I was like, oh, this is so descriptive. Like, this is going to be hard for me to get through. But then I, like, found myself, like, clinging to every word of how the marsh was described. Like, I'm ready to go to... A, I'm ready to go visit the marsh. Yeah. I'm so excited for the like, movie Like, where come are the out. goals? Like, let's go find... Like, let's go motorboating. Like, I know. I'm excited. I'm really... I really can't, like, picture this lifestyle because it's just so far removed from mm-hmm. Missouri. So, I'm really excited to see the movie to allow it to, like, physically capture what exactly they were talking about. And because the movie's coming out so soon, we're not going to cast. No, because I... Gonna be honest, I watched the trailer before I read the book. And then... That's those, who you were picturing. Those characters were all I was picturing. And I think it's actually very well casted. I think that Chase and Tate are well casted. I mean, Mabel and Jumpin', spot on. And I do really like 
the Kaya cast as well. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Daisy something. I think it. I think yeah, it's. She's a, in a lot lately. She's like yeah, really. She's up and coming. She is up and coming. I think it's a very good cast. So, and I like that Kaya's. Yeah, I I love I love the cast. So yeah. I'm really excited for the book. And our next book, we can. Um, oh yeah, release so that. Fun. What is it, Cal? Oh, okay. Um, what no, is you it called? Had it. I've yeah, done yeah. What no, you it's said the it was Seven called. Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I want to look up who it's by, though. Everyone's talking about it. So, okay, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is a historical fiction novel by American author Taylor Jenkins Reid. And I'm not going to tell you what it's about because that's just kind of what we do. Okay. Well, great. So that will be our next one. We will recap that at the end of June. Yep. And thank you so much for listening to our book recap. Thank you for listening to the Carpool Podcast with Kelly and Liz. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed riding with us, tell everybody you know. There's room in the car for everyone.